Like I had TFO beating Rafa in the draw in the fourth round. I just have this vision of Francis like having the, the biggest win of his career at the US Open. Like I feel like he plays really well, the crowd loves him. It would be epic. I don't know. I just had, had a little bit of a vision there of uh, Bo getting his moment. Hey, hey. Hey. Are you in some kind of uh, auditorium? Yeah, I am at work. Nice. In auditorium with <laughs> the tennis on in the background. <laughs> That's fantastic. On the projector. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't spoil Curious Medvedev. I'm gonna, I got it on pause. I'm going to watch it after. Yeah, I just started. It's 30 15 in the first game. Like, that's when I, and then I was like, oh shit, we're doing this. I forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'd be cool if you like got on the lectern and just, you know, gave a little speech yeah, well, for us. I was almost <laughs> going to do the Zoom from the lectern PC, but I think I'll just do it from here for now. <laughs> <laughs> you could put up some like really dramatic, you know, like Soviet era red and black imagery behind you. Yeah. Yeah, this one is a very old school theater. It does have that vibe. I could get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> it would uh, it would suit the Soviet vibe. Yeah, I don't know if you if you've like come across this because it's like dumb U.S. political internet shit that I wish I didn't know about. But like, uh, Joe Biden gave a speech and I like, did see it. You saw the pictures, right? The pictures. Yeah. It, he looks like you know Lenin giving a speech. Just something about the the environment, the angle. Um, and yeah. of course, these fucking morons on the right on Twitter. Why am I always giving Twitter anecdotes? I hate Twitter. I don't want to ever look at it. <laughs> um, but they're just like, look at this fascist motherfucker, you know, like like as if that proves something, like a photograph. And they just talk themselves into like all this insanity. And it's like he just he just gave a speech. Like, uh, why was it red? Was it like a day? Was it some kind of U.S related day where they just lit it up red for the flag or like why was it well just nothing there was nothing it was just a normal speech okay yeah he he was just leaning into authoritarianism you know <laughs> just the vibe of it you know not not the actual thing <laughs> <laughs> not the actual thing <laughs> oh um curious is Curious's physio guy I just realized i've got to pause i've got to pause like a minute into the match and he, the physio guy is wearing a Nike polo shirt. He looks very strange in it. He's usually like in a singlet or some kind of t-shirt or something. But he's he looks very strange in this. And he's uh. got his like hands on his knees. It's just pause that are shot on their box right now. He's got his hands on his knees and his Nike polo shirt. It's pretty weird. Maybe they're they're leaning into professional tennis vibe. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't that be something Funny. if like Kyrgios was like you know, I'm just going to take it seriously and I'm going to be number one in the world and treat all my opponents with respect and uh, <laughs> shake the chair empire's hand and look them in the eye, thank them for their service. Yeah, imagine. He's really trying to do that. He's actually trying to do that, but he still can't. He's always going to be Nick Kyrgios. And yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. It's just no getting around it. I mean... I think and people do mature. I mean, look, you know, he's always compared to McEnroe, 
Um, did you guys hear that there's like a McEnroe documentary on Showtime now? So, oh, no. Yeah. So like not, this year we've had both McEnroe versus McEnroe where he played AI simulations of himself and now we have McEnroe. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> what comes next, but um, I mean, he obviously mellowed, you know, it took time. But he was he was a major brat. Yeah. That's true. He was he was abusive. He caused a lot of ruckus. Yeah, maybe not in quite the same way. I mean, Nick Nick definitely has like an edge that's that's pretty dark. But looking forward to that match. It'll be a fun one. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. I did want to recap the the upset game. Talk to you guys about the upset game. Yeah. Our f- first inaugural experimentation with this uh, first week Grand Slam fantasy sports simulation it was great yeah i liked it I, what'd you what'd you think al it was good i it was a good little game you came up with there um the 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 women really came through for me i i buckled on the men's side big time all of them i didn't get any of them right but the women some of them are reliably bad tennis players <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what i mean i could pick some of those upsets a mile away yeah, Radu Kanu just, I think she's dropping out of the top 70. So you picked Cornet over Radu Kanu. Uh, yeah. You picked Andreas. I was such an idiot for not picking Radu Kanu to lose. Like, I knew that was, I knew it was a big possibility. For some reason, I like, I've been watching positive Radu Kanu media and I, put, <laughs> I drank the Kool Aid of thinking that Radu Kanu was like getting getting ship shape for the US Open and was not going to lose first round. But I love Cornet and she's awesome and she should have been seated. She shouldn't have. Yeah. That's the the interesting part of the game is like, if you know a little bit, like, you know, some players coming back from injury, but they under normal circumstances, they would be seated. Or like Radicanu's had an amazing run, but really she's not a seed quality. You can, you can kind of go for those. Yeah, you get some easy wins. Yep. Um, but it's very hard to predict into like the third or fourth round because because even some of my picks were like they were good picks. I picked the upset person, but the seed that they were gonna beat didn't make it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, this was obviously just like a you know an experiment, and we could adjust the formula. I do wonder if like picking later seeds should maybe give you more points because you have to pick more matches correctly. But then again, I think so. It's it was also it like kind of worked out right. Like you, Al, you tied me like with your last possible match when Kvitova beat Muguruza yesterday, and um, you know, so there was a little bit of that tension. And um, I think once you get into the third round, you can have two seeds playing each other, and you just pick the lower seed. So it's like a little bit more, slightly more reliable shot of like two seeds meeting in the third round so i think there's some yeah. some strategy there about like how much you want to pick subsequent rounds um yeah uh matt you got you you only got one pick correct uh uh <laughs> you you but it was your boy uh richard gasquet did did score a win over miamir ketsmanovich in the second <laughs> round so yeah. he didn't let you down yeah. entirely i knew that was his ceiling i looked at the drawer and i was like <laughs> if you can win the first two rounds that'll That'll be his tournament. He'll be a good job done. And he'll definitely lose to Nadal in the third round. <laughs> it's. Did you watch that match, Matt, against yes, Rafa? I did. Yeah. I'm a masochist. 
I'm a masochist. I watch Gasquet's matches. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been playing well overall. I mean, you know, I mean, he's not looking to win any major tournaments, but you know, he's he's had some good wins. He's hanging around. Yeah, he made a he made the quarterfinal of Winston Salem. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's faint faint praise, but um, you know, he beat a seed. Not that Kitsimanovic was playing all that great, but man, what what is uh, what is up with him and Rafa? I just don't, I don't get like, it's obviously deeply psychological at this point. Yeah. And I was really scared that um, Alex's prediction of six love, six one, six one would come true. Bagels and breadsticks. Because it was six love, six one. <laughs> yeah. Almost. And then, um, but like, what is I it? wasn't actually predicting love, love one or or love one one. That was just it just happened to be that amount of baguettes in that guy's arm at the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you did predict at least one bagel, though. Um, yeah, I predicted at least the bagel or breadsticks. Yeah, mm. you got you, you got, got both. both. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta yeah. From now on, you have to provide your predictions in the form of illustrations. Yeah. So that'd be hard. It's it's wild. I mean, I you know, of course, Rafa gets this this draw, the third round of a major. You should be getting tested a little bit, and it's like the you know, it's like Djokovic drawing Monfils, like. But Monfils has pushed yeah. Novak, and I don't know, like, has Richard ever like been close to beating Rafa? Like, has he ever had match point or? Yeah, when they were seventeen, they were playing a futures tournament, and Gasquet won. And he beat him a few times in juniors, but he hasn't taken a set in ATP um, top tier matches since 2008. And his record is now 18 and love. Um, yeah. yeah, Nadal's record over Gasquet. It's the, the commentators are saying, you know, maybe it's the matchup because. Gasquet is a shot maker and he needs time. You know, he needs space and time to like unleash those shots, but Nadal doesn't give him any any time to be able to do that. Um yeah, it could also become psychological after a while. If you're a right-handed, if you're a right-handed one-handed backhand player coming up against Nadal, you have to be the best one-handed backhand player in the entire world to beat him. There's no other way. Yeah, you have to be Federer, basically. You have to be Federer, yeah, because he's he's putting those serves into your backhand high, and there's nothing you can do about it. And unless you're the best, and and Gasquet obviously is one of the best backhands in the world, but he's not tall enough to. I don't think he's tall enough, and his backhand's not strong enough to oh, yeah. the the the, the, the spin the the mm. top spin that bounces off the court up above his shoulder into the backhand side from Nadal's forehand. There's nothing yeah. you can do about that. It's yeah. true. It's the hardest shot the high for the for the one-handed backhand when it's that high. And Gasquet's a little shorter than Federer and Nadal. He's six foot, and I think they're like six two, six three. Yeah, that's why Chapo can Chapo can deal with it a bit more because he's left-handed, one-handed, mm. so he can at least deal with that Rafa's forehand and his forehand, and they can he can deal with it a bit better. But I think if you're a right-handed one-hander. Oof, tricky yeah. times against Nadal, <laughs> but that was the that was the good part of the match. Like 
because that is such a tough match up for Gasquet, and he and he like has to wrestle with self belief after you know those first two sets, and then to to so to play a good third set where he hit some amazing winners, and then surfed volleyed and like the the winners that he came up with and the the points at the net where he where he won were awesome points. So to like just for me that was the that was the silver lining. Mm. Yeah, the saving grace. Able to hang hang with him for one set and be a couple of points away from winning the set. I think it's easier at that point when you can just be like, fuck it. I'm out here on Arthur Ashe. I'm about to go home. Let's let's hit some balls. <laughs> yeah. And the crowd got behind him as well. Like when he won that first game in the second set, they were like, it was a really big cheer. Mm. That was nice. Yeah, I missed all that because, I mean, I just flipped it on in the third set. We had gone out to dinner, came back, you know, turned it on. And it, the, the vibe was just funereal. You know, it was like, it was like, oh, what are they going to do with Gasquet's corpse? You know, like, how is this? Uh, <laughs> what What is going to happen after this match? I don't want to see it. You know, it's, and so, it, we, you know, we put on Taskmaster for an hour and came back for Cornet Collins. Of course, I'm watching the score on my phone and I'm like, is he going to, is he going to actually make a match it no no of course not but i mean he did get to five <laughs> games that was one of my predictions i thought yeah, he would get to 10 prediction. total so um you know i yeah i felt like rafa was vulnerable coming in but i think at this point he's just he's in form so i think there's like two or three guys who could potentially beat him and that's about it yeah i, I don't know if nadal's ever been injured to be honest i don't even believe it anymore <laughs> <laughs> he always just starts these tournaments he's like yeah i'm all bruised and battered and broken and whatever anyway here we go to the second week no problems no one's even troubled me <laughs> yeah i I, it, I i did predict in the last episode i mean it wasn't part of my upset game predictions because it's obviously too risky but i predicted tfo would beat rafa uh in the fourth and I have no basis for really believing that it, it was just kind of this, this, you know, it's just desire. It's just my heart saying like, I want Francis to have his moment. I don't think he's ever going to win a slam. Yeah. I'd like, you that. know, he's pushed Federer and Djokovic on the big stage before. Um, I hope he makes it a, a competitive match because he hasn't been that competitive against Rafa in the past. Mm. And yeah, it would be fucking amazing. I, I just, it's been a while since one of these like second tier guys has really gotten Rafa or Novak in a slam, you know, in a way that was totally yeah. unexpected, you know, and that, you, that felt like it used to happen more, you know, every, yeah, a couple times a year, these guys would lose to somebody maybe they weren't supposed to. And it just lately, it feels like I, I just have so little faith in the field, you know. Yeah, it's insane. Like the older they get, the more solid they sort of become. You see them in the draw, and you're like, they're gonna semi semifinals at least. You know what I mean? It's like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well done. I'm. I, to be honest, I've been following the women's side a little bit more than men's this US Open. Yeah. I think it's been more interesting generally. Yeah, there's some been good, some good matchups. Um. I was surprised how easily Garcia beat um, Andrescu. That was surprising to me. I mean, I'm not surprising yeah. because I know she's in crazy, crazy form at the moment and she's playing really well. But so Andrescu was playing good, and then it was just like two and four or something, or something like really, really straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, and you picked uh, your third successful pick was Andrescu over Hadad Maya in the second, and 
you know, I've caught match. some Hot Admire recently. It was a good match, and Hot Admire's a really strong player. I like her a lot, and mm. I just, I, I've kind of lost the faith with Bianca. She just hasn't had, since she made that Miami final a year and a half ago, like, she hasn't really gone deep in any tournament. Um, so, but yeah, the form has been good. She's stayed relatively fit. Um, Garcia, maybe on paper, you'd think she'd be able to to give a good match. But Garcia's just so red hot right now. I mean, I, I think yeah. she's, you know, she's got Goff next. Uh, I think that's a killer quarterfinal matchup. I think that could be really interesting. Because yeah. uh, Goff also, like, looks like she keeps reaching new levels. You know, she was really pushed by Zhang Shui today. Um, yeah, I watched some of that. It was good. Yeah, really fun match. It was like five uh, match points or something. She needed something like that. Yeah. Lots of running all over the place. Lots of scrambling. Mm. And mm. yeah, Goff hits some unbelievable shots. And she's really feeding off the crowd. And um, yeah, apparently uh, her outfit was inspired by Minecraft. Like uh, the New Balance <laughs> designers were like, what do you want, Coco? She's like, I want something that looks like Minecraft. That's funny. <laughs> I love that. That's a New Balance. Um, very busy kind of kid. Hey. It's very busy. Yeah, I think maybe a little overly busy. Like, there's so many elements in it. You know, she's got, like, these sleeves with, you know, that are kind of like, um, I don't know, what, what would you call it? It's like, uh, it's almost like grill work. <laughs> That's not the right way of saying it. Um, the like, se- yeah, le- semi-open laced sleeves. And, yeah, there's a lot of blockiness and different I have patterns. To re- look at that again now with that in mind. Because I, I sort of just didn't really, it didn't really like it or something i just didn't really i just sort of glossed over it because it didn't really catch me at first but now knowing what it's based on i have to give another look yeah i don't think it's as close to minecraft as one might think you know the the two boys who uh live with me molly's kids my stepkids you know they uh Mm. they play the shit out of minecraft so i I see a lot of blocky voxel art you know on the television it's not quite that but i like the inspirational pull Um, so, so what else? Serena. <laughs> oh, right, Serena. I thought, I thought that last game was like the most fitting coda. It was totally. just a spectacular little microcosm of of her career. Um, and I was impressed at how well she was playing. I mean, I, I think everyone was, but she's, yeah. I was shocked. She was playing really well. Yeah. yeah, and it did feel like the crowd, the energy, like probably could have won her more matches. You know, like yeah. it, it, the fact that Tomjanovic was able to stay cool and get Oof. through that match uh, was super impressive. She was so yeah. great in the post match. Yeah, she really showed a lot. But I think there are a lot of players who would have gotten rattled. You know, it, that oh, is. Oh yeah. A, it's like playing a slam final. I mean, how do you... You can't celebrate when you win it. It's so strange. Um, I thought that was weird, man. I thought that was weird. Like, Alia didn't even get a chance to walk out on court and soak in this win. It was just... Serena just got up immediately and started twirling in the middle of the court. It was like, uh, uh, this is a weird vibe. Like, you didn't win this match. I know what's going on here. I know the whole crowd's been here to see you. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. That was, I didn't love that. I know what you mean, Alex. I really noticed the fact that there was no question it wasn't it wasn't going to be Tomjanovic 
going on to the court after she won. It was yeah. straight. Serena did it straight away, but like if I was Alia, I would not be going onto the court after that either. Like it was, it was all about Serena. Like whether you like it or not, it was. It was. It was her match. She's she's so big. So Tomlanovich winning was nothing. Meant nothing. It was all about whether Serena was going to win or lose. It was all on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have. If I was Ali, I reckon I would have just picked up my bag and walked off. I wouldn't have stayed around for that on court. Interview. Yeah, I was I like, don't even out. do a post-match interview. No. I was, I was thinking that too. I was like, you go, you go, you leave now. Yeah. And then let Serena have the entire stage. I was surprised that there was a winners' interview on the court. Yeah, but I think that that's part of what was so impressive to me was that she mm. she really exhibited a lot of grace. She knew she never looked like overwhelmed by the by the fact of the moment, and she knew to like give Serena her space and to wait for her her time to to be interviewed. And then she just she like gave the pitch perfect like responses, you know. And it didn't yeah. feel rehearsed. It felt really genuine, you know. Talking about how she loves Serena the way the crowd loves Serena and. Um, talking about like how she admires their family and how she travels with her family as well and that was something she always kind of looked to like she was really just it was just a fitting tribute you can imagine a lot of players like just not having any idea what to say in that in that moment Um, so she did well and yeah and Serena like yeah she was playing great and you could tell that she thinks like fuck I should have just gotten out there earlier now she's like, maybe I should come back to Australia. You know, she's been teasing that a bit. Yeah, I know. It's true. If she'd done a little more preparation or, like, had the time and energy or whatever that she needed, you know, it's... And maybe got a bit of luck. She could have won that match as well. She could have won it in two sets. Um, yeah. It seems like um, Renee Stubbs came on board after that last one, Cincinnati, Cincinnati was it? And was like, you need to start playing hitting with other, other players. Stop hitting with this person you travel with. You know exactly what ball you're getting. Hit with some real players and see what yeah. happens. And then it, it seems like she got it together after that. It's like, why wasn't she doing this all year? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And, and apparently also she, Renee Stubbs asked her to like hit with a little, play with a little bit more margin, like not go quite as big all the time. Mm. Like get into some rallies and so they were speculating on ESPN that you know maybe that wouldn't have held up you know because she played like that was the longest US Open match she ever played against Tom Yanovich Tom Yanovich it was like three hours 20 minutes so wow you know um yeah it was it was it was pretty great but you know I don't know right I just feel good about the way it ended it didn't end with her slipping and hurting herself it didn't end with her getting humiliated by somebody that you know is is a lesser player like she gave it a fight and um you know also like i mean the other side of me which is sort of not like like i'm just not as taken with the story overall like i'm sort of glad that she went out in the first week just because she was overshadowing everything like it's like nothing else was happening and I think, I think that's always been part of why I don't love her so much. And same thing with like uh, Rafa. It's just like all the talk is about one person. Like there's so much great stuff going on. But that's just because I'm a, you know, I'm a core fan. You know, I'm a tragic and I, I want the totally. deep cuts, you know. And I think those the fans of those big players, Serena and the big three, they, there's 
a lot of casual fans that come in and they just totally. you know they're, they're the people who are cheering for the opponent's faults and cheering for the unenforced errors and just making it this weird vibe I don't know I don't love it and it happens with all the top players like especially Federer and Rafa and Serena and Djokovic um, it's just, yeah you know it's great that they bring a lot of people in but there's also the, it's like yeah that's the, the flip side yeah yeah yeah. Bloody casual fans. <laughs> but yeah. I would have um I would have loved it if Alia just <laughs> if Alia just did like the Steph Curry going to bed <laughs> right at the end or something like that. And just been like, alright, it's over now. I just ended just ice cold. It's over. Wave goodbye, yeah. 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 The Trey Young <laughs> like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cutting yeah. the neck or something, like really <laughs> sinister. Um it was like even after that really nice interview or something and then just do a cheeky little Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bloody casuals. Yeah, I think actually it's one of the things that I am taking away, like in terms of appreciation for Serena is the way that she grew the sport. You know, and I think that's especially true in the US and like the significant amount of black American players that we have now in a sport that was like, you know, it's very historically got a, you know, pretty white heritage and history and feels kind of elitist and country club. And, um, you know, just, just that alone, the fact that she got people who maybe wouldn't have been paying attention to tennis interested, I think is, is pretty wonderful. And, you know, even if I'm not a personal fan, like, uh, you know, Anybody who can grow the sport like that, I think, is worthy worthy of that kind of send off. Totally, yeah, agreed. And it was a pretty good send off, even though she lost. It, it's still a, it's still a little run. You call it like making the third round. I'd say yeah. you, you call that a bit of a run. Um, it's not nothing. And then the way she went out that last game was, as you said, David because how many match points did she say six i think six five or six yeah and they were dramatic and like mm. one with winners yeah. and she uh, would not so die good. i know, <laughs> like, oh. know yeah it was, was that great. stubbornness that like core essence of her being like i will not go down um she had you know i think she did lose on an error right she didn't get she didn't get beat with a winner i think um, it went in the end net. yeah 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 um, it was yeah, it was it was a mini run. They were comparing it a lot on TV to the Jimmy Connors run, mm. which was kind of an odd comparison. But you know, as an old superstar of the sport, and you know, I guess he was playing at 39 or something, and you know, got all the way to the semis. And I remember that really well from my childhood because Connors was such a maniac, and he yeah. like, you know, he was working the crowd like you know, like some coked up, like rock star, you know, he'd run up to them and like shake his fists and just be dripping sweat. And, you know, it was a very different thing, but um, <laughs> yeah, so he got all the way to the Sammy's. So it, it, for a brief moment there, it felt like, oh, uh, she could, she could do something even more special, but still it was, it was good. Yeah. I started believing, I started believing just as she went out the door. <laughs> Well, maybe we haven't seen the last of her. I, I, I really believe that the main reason she's stopping is because she, she and uh, Reddit guy want to have another kid, and yeah, it seems she, like she's yeah. forty. So you know they got to get on that. Um, yeah. So 
we shall see the next generation of Williams kids <laughs> playing against Rafa's quartet. I'm sorry, uh, Rogers. Rogers, two pairs of twins oh, yeah. is what I was alluding to. Two Rafa's. We have two pairs of twins. Two pairs of twins, yeah, which is extraordinarily abnormal. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> wildly rare. Um, and um, yeah, Rafa's got a kid on the way. Yeah, did you see that was like his wife spit? There was a bit of a like complication or she was unwell or something. And then they were really annoyed that it leaked out into the news and stuff. But he, imagine being, he's over and playing the US Open and then this pretty pregnant wife is going through some, you know, health scares related to the pregnancy. I don't, I don't know how he, I don't know how he stayed in New York to be honest, to be honest with you. But um, it would, that would be yeah. very draining. Yeah, and then to like good now, so that's good. Yeah, and then just to have the press like all Mm. over it, you know, like wanting to dig into this story. It's like this is a private matter, obviously. He's trying to keep it private. So just to uh, to finish uh, on the upset game, real quick. So I so Alex and I Mm. ended up tied. I got four picks correct. Uh, Zheng beating Ostapenko in the first round. Cornet beating Raducanu, like Al. And then two second rounders. I got Drape, Jack Draper over Felix, um, which was a really odd match. Um, the, mm. the tennis podcast was describing Felix as looking like a broken down robot, um, <laughs> which I thought was really like, uh, I mean, it's kind of mean, but like also kind of true. He is very mechanical. And when things aren't going right, it just doesn't seem like there's any way out for him. Um, mm. And uh, Nakashima beating Dimitrov. Um, he was given mm. Sinner a run last night, uh, Nakashima, but couldn't couldn't stay with it. Um, so anyway, I feel like there needs to be some way to break the tie, Al. I mean, I, it's impossible to really do that after oh, yeah. the fact. You know, maybe that's the advantage of picking a third rounder, you know, or a fourth rounder. Like if you get a late pick, you get the you get the tie break. That's the um, tie break. Or we could just go for a pick later down the road and just break the tie from here uh, like right. a second a second week a second week tiebreaker <laughs> right yeah like pick a quarterfinal upset or something it it feels mm. very much like a first week game like obviously it's over we all yeah, of our picks totally, have totally. gone out um if, if you had if you had picked like samsonova to go to the quarters you would still potentially have points but that's like that's true those, those quarterfinal picks are better i think are a pretty big long shot so yeah um yeah i don't yeah, know i'm op- little, open to suggestions yeah we'll uh we'll continue to fuss with it i'll make I'm, i would love to make mm. some software you know so mm. like do it online i tried to get a bunch of randos to play and nobody was interested but really oh yeah we'll always play with you david all right thank you um apparently that kvitova uh match was a lot better and closer than i was expecting it to be i didn't see it but i've heard a lot of people talking about it um I wish I had seen it now because with my pick on the line, my round three pick on the line, it would have been even more exciting. It sounds like that. So it's, yeah, especially the tiebreak was very close and good. So good on them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good on Muguruza for finding a bit of form and getting, getting back into it. Yeah. Apparently I, I also missed most of it. I came back from a run and turned it on and it was like the last three points of the match and you could mm. feel the intensity. It was like, Oh, this is, this is pretty awesome. And you know, yeah, even though it's not two players I would normally be that excited about seeing, like, mm. 
they're both slam champions like they're kind of in the back half of their careers like looking for that form that last run yeah um yeah it's, it seemed like it was pretty exciting so i did pick um jewel niemeyer to make the third round but unfortunately Annie Samova wasn't there for her to beat. So. Mm, but she's yeah. gone to the fourth round now. Yeah, that does seem like a case. Like, if you pick uh, an unseated player to get to the third or fourth round, like, you should still get points if they're not, you know, even if they're not beating the the seed that you had picked them to upset. Yeah, so. that was the, that's the annoying part of it. But it's, at the same time, it's sort of, you can't really... The the upsetter taking over that seated place and still doesn't seem right as well somehow. So I'm not sure what to do there. Yeah, it's it's the fun part of the game. It's a hard game, like yeah. to get those high picks, and like it's frustrating when you're like you almost get it, and then someone doesn't play ball. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. so I wouldn't change much about the game, to be honest. Yeah, I think you know maybe just playing with the points or something. But uh, yeah, I think it it came out pretty well. It's. Uh, Definitely for more hardcore tennis fans, you know, because it's, it's asking <laughs> yeah. you to dig deep, like to go through the the dusty bin at the back of the record store and like, you know, yeah. find those players. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I think it was pretty good overall. So we will we will definitely, definitely do it again. So Garcia is um, in the doubles as well as the singles. She could win the double because she's she playing with Mladenovic. Yeah, there's a, a double alert. I feel like we need like a like some kind of klaxon sound. Yeah. When somebody <laughs> is getting close to winning the double. Um did did Kujikova actually do the like do the yeah. double at the French last she year? She did. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Mm, it really is. So rare. Yeah. Um is Goff in the doubles? Like Goff is the number one doubles player in the world, but I'm not sure if she played doubles this year. She did. She played with Pagula. And did they lose? They lost in controversial circumstances. Yeah. Oh. Oh, right. They lost to Fernandez and Darius Saville, a bit of a legend. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Saville, she called a let. Like Saville called a let when. Oh, um, right. There was Goff some garbage. Pagula had an easy put away because something blew on court. And Savile's like, let, which apparently, yeah, which was, there was a question of whether you're allowed to do that. Because it, it um, and the umpire agreed and let the let stand. Yeah. I think that's technically what the umpire is supposed to do. So since they have to follow the letter of the law, like the fact that it got called out was like all kind of, you know, proper and above board, but it does seem unsporting, especially since it shouldn't have really affected the play, from what I understand. Yeah, I didn't see it, but so I can't really say. But yeah, it's a bit sketchy. Um, where was the where was the tissue? Was it on where? Like, whose side was it on? Who was looking at it? Who was distracted by it? I don't even know. I don't know any of the details. <laughs> I only read you know a I mean? report about it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I the details matter. It. Yeah, we should watch the actual video maybe the tissue flew right into um into Savile's face and then you know she was suffocating and flailing about you know in that case i think the let would have been appropriate um you know there, there's been a lot of like phantom let calls this u.s open with the net which i mean mm -hmm. there always are right like that machine obviously is fucking broken and they haven't made the technology to like detect lets properly back the human 
Okay. Bring back the human. We've got the socialist, the workers' uh, perspective. <laughs> um, I I think that's one option. Yes. You know, they've they've talked about getting rid of the let, which I'm mostly for, but I feel like there are cases where like the ball like just bounces dead that you would you kind of want to replay those. I just I feel like you could make it a judgment call where the umpire mm. um just <laughs> calls a let if the ball obviously was disturbed, you know? But oh, yeah, okay, otherwise you just let it go. Then. Yeah. But then there's there's a gray area, isn't there? Like there is. Yeah. It's not much of a disturbance, but a little more than usual. Like, where do you draw the line? Yeah. It's been so long since they've installed these machines that I don't remember what it was like when they did have a human. And I'm wondering if the human was actually better, like would still be better today. Like you had that person like sitting there with their finger on the neck. Well, think about it. Like you are going to detect most tiny disturbances as a human, right? If you're touching the net, you'll feel any kind of little ripple. Mm. There's very, yeah. yeah, the nerve endings in the fingers are very sensitive. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I also think that, that given how fast technology has advanced that there have got to be better systems. Like, I wonder if the, the people who made the little device that goes on the nets, they like signed some hundred year contract or something. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it just doesn't seem to work. <laughs> like, like the McDonald's. Yeah, I agree with that. Machines. I think there's got to be a better way. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like surely you can make the whole cord a detector. You know what I mean? Not just these little blocks that pick up a bit of vibration here and there. I don't know. Just uh, surely there's a better way to do it than those little, wireless little things <laughs> right or to measure the disturbance of well to measure the disturbance of the ball like they do you know they're doing all this like instant camera analysis for hawkeye it's like can they not tell if the if the ball changes trajectory mm. you know so yeah. you like you have to get the let trigger and then the ball has to actually change direction um yeah i don't know Maybe this yeah. is not a real problem, but I, I just feel like, okay, the other, another big topic, and we've disagreed about this before, Al, is that they're allowing courtside coaching. I was wondering how you felt about the way they're doing that. Yeah. You're kind of a purist. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't love it. Um, it hasn't been, it doesn't seem to have really like affected my enjoyment of anything really though. So you know, I, it's neither here nor there for me really at the moment. The way they've done it seems to be okay. Seems like there's a lot of rules. Like apparently you can't have proper conversations with them. They can they can shout out like little instructions, but it's there's some kind of you can't have a dialogue with them or something. So that's, I don't know how they police that. It's just like now they've they couldn't police they couldn't police whether before whether it was encouragement or coaching, and now they can't police whether it's the right amount of coaching or too much coaching. It's like, well, they've just moved the problem, kicked the can down the road a little bit to this other weird area. Um, mm. So I don't really know. I, I haven't really, I, to be honest, I haven't really seen too many examples of it. Just a couple of people here. I've, I've heard chat out, like move, move, them, move them around a bit more and stuff like that. So have you seen it really been used that much? 
I mean, I they highlight it quite a bit, so I do feel like there's more mm. talking going on. It does. It feels like it's like the Apostolos corollary or something. Like they're mm. just like, we don't need to be giving violations and creating this stupid like argument and handing out fines and like making the match about something other than the tennis. When yeah. like everybody kind of does it already anyway. I mean, I think that was part of it. It's not just Apostolos Tsitsipas was sort of the extreme example of somebody who's just yeah. constantly just coaching but like yeah. everybody else is saying something and often they're mm. talking in other languages so i think yeah they moved it into a, another gray area but they're kind of just saying like yeah the coaches can talk to the players like from the box like not have extended conversations not like but we're just gonna not worry about it and yeah i think that's basically like what's happening they've just they've just accepted what's been happening they haven't they have, it seems like they haven't really introduced a new thing They've That's just right. Accepted what's been happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish they had leaned more into the hand signals. They do say that like hand signals are okay, and I feel like they should have just gone like entirely to uh, symbolic gesturing. You know, like yeah, so like Renee tugging Stubbs on doing ears some. and yeah, yeah. I like that. Renee Stubbs was doing some some to Serena <laughs> the other time, which was I like that. She was like touching her, her left shoulder a lot. Just, ah. She waited for Serena to look at her and then was like slowly touching her left shoulder, I guess maybe to serve into her body or serve to the left or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, I, tell so you I what, like the hand signals. Renee Stubbs really knows how to find the limelight, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, she does. Serena's getting, this is the biggest moment in tennis and Renee Stubbs is right there. Yeah. Getting interviewed courtside about Serena's big moment. Remember when we walked yeah. past Renee Stubbs in Brisbane, uh, Matt? You, yeah. you 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 get you said a few words. What'd you say to her? Yeah. I said, um, "Well done, Renee." Cause yeah, because she, she was coaching Sam Stozer, and Sam Stozer unbelievably managed to win a match late because <laughs> you know that was definitely like at the end of her singles career. And um, Renee acknowledged us and said, "Thanks." Yeah, that's right. that, that, yeah. that's a think, that's a that's a bit of a like a deep dive as well. I reckon to notice the coach and like <laughs> congratulate them on yep. the win. <laughs> as a coach, you're gonna like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she does. She she definitely gets around, and she's always like you know she does all commentary for ESPN, uh, is doing courtside reporting and calling calling matches from the box and uh, and still making time to coach. So yeah, she's she's. A busy woman and i i get the impression she's just so like she's such a sturdy like well-liked tennis figure and and like tennis brain you know like yeah um you know like she's she's promiscuous in the way that like patrick moritoglu is but it's there's just <laughs> nothing creepy about it it's like she just works with a lot of people and you can always find her yeah absolutely she's like the tennis person she, she's like She's a tennis figure, but not about her, her, like, it's not about her as a player or anything. She's just like giving herself to tennis. Yeah. Total surrender. Moritoglu um, shouted everyone a private jet back to Europe after they all lost in the first round or what? Yeah. Halep and Tsitsipas. (laughs) Who who else? Well, you know. I don't know. I can't remember who else. He's nowhere near Serena anymore. I think Serena Uh, bringing Renee on was like, who was my coach? Like, no thanks. Yeah. Um, oh, Runa. Uh, no, that's true. Yeah. Moritagli works with Runa. He got a walkover into the third, but then lost. Um, mm. And he right. blew up, didn't he, Runa? Like, he got he got angry. Shock horror. 
<laughs> I think I'm on board with not liking Runa now as well. I saw, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. He was complaining a lot. He's he's got some growing up to do. Yeah. Yeah. More more than usual. Um <laughs> trying to think what else. Oh, Karenia Busta beating Demon on a tweener lob. Did you guys both <laughs> act, catch that? You you watched the match, Matt, right? I didn't watch it, but I saw oh, the okay. um I saw the match point. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Uh that's a good point. Um Alex blew it there a little bit. Uh, but it was a very good point to finish it on. But it was the <laughs> the racket smash and the lying down on the floor was very good. Yeah, it had this like cinematic intensity at the end. I mean, also mm. Demonor is not like a hothead who smashes rackets and he chucked that thing hard like yeah. it's he's lucky he didn't like give himself a broken face with it like rafa did <laughs> yeah did you see that when rafa like bounced the yeah. racket and somehow managed to bloody himself um it's surprising that doesn't happen more but yeah Demonor like climbed back into that match after getting totally outclassed in the first two sets and was really seemed like if he could take that fourth he could he could uh come all the way back and but it was like saving match points and climbing back from a hole in the tiebreaker. And then on that point, I mean, I don't like what did Demonor do wrong there in the end? Like what happened? Nothing. There? That's the that's why he was so pissed off. I think because he, I think, uh, I think it was like a Karenia Booster. I think hit a short slice or some kind of drop shot. Alex got to it, hit it down the line, really deep down the line from close yeah. to the net. So he was really in control of the point. And really, he was expecting the ball to come back and, and finish it off with one last volley. But Karenia Booster got there, and instead of hitting it back low, he just hit this crazy tweener lob in it. And Alex could have maybe just run back to the baseline yeah. and hit it from the baseline rather than trying to take it overhead. But he misjudged it. He thought he was taller than he was. And <laughs> <laughs> he, hit the, he hit the top yeah. of the frame. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it felt but like he, he, was, he got stuck, right? Like his feet got stuck there in the end. Like he should have been moving back with the ball to yeah. to line up the smash. And he just instead was reaching for it. And yeah. yeah. But he was really in control at that point. I think that's why it was so frustrating because he did all the right things, got up to the drop shot, pushed it down the line, into Karenia Booster's backhand, deep past him. And he was like, set the point up perfectly. But that Karenia Booster just pulled that out of the bag. Well done. Yeah. For real. I real respect to him. I think he was losing to Hatchinov uh before. I don't know if he, he went down. He looked like he was a little injured. Um, but Yeah, I left it when I when he was losing. Yeah. Oh, it's it's not over yet. Oh, it's not over yet. Well, that's interesting. I mean the dude mm. is like he's a cockroach. I mean that in the most respectful yeah. manner. Like they I think that's actually the, I was hearing uh what's Carlos Alcaraz's coach's name? Um Juan Carlos Ferreira. Yeah, I think they used to call him the cockroach as well. Oh, that's um, right, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you think he's dead, and mm. like, he's just he's just a pest. You cannot get rid of him. Oh, was that the him. mosquito? I can't remember. Oh, way, mosquito, yeah. you're right, you're right, it's mosquito. I, it's, that's probably a slightly nicer version of cockroach. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but he is, Pablo, he's like that. Uh, yeah. And every time. time you see, if you see him in your draw on a hard court, you can't get ready for a battle. You're like, he's going to be there. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. Good stuff. What are you looking forward to, Al? What are you excited about that's coming up? 
I'm actually really looking forward to watching this Curious Medvedev match because yeah. I don't think that Medvedev is going to let himself get serve and volleyed again. I think mm, that he would yes. have been practicing different returns to not get serve and volleyed. And even uh, there's three points that have gone where I paused that even and Kyrgios is serving and Medvedev is not in his normal return place on like on the back fence. He's up on the line and he's like, I've got to change this. I've got to do something different. So he's trying to do something different. I'm very curious to see how this plays out. I just feel like he's probably been on the phone to some like 1980s Russian hero uh, who, who was some kind of serve and volley king just being <laughs> right. like teach me the ways teach me the ways to to beat the serve and volleyer <laughs> yeah yeah you know he will make an adjustment right that's why even though yeah. curios has gotten him very recently and is probably playing the best ball of his life uh just feels like medvedev should be able to figure out a way to get through but yeah. we shall see I, I just, it is a very tricky serve. Even if you even if you make yeah. adjustments, it's pretty hard to get around that serve. Yeah. No, I think they both are kind of relying. They need to capitalize on the few opportunities they get. Like there just aren't yeah, going to be a lot true. of break chances. And it's like, you know, either one of them goes away for a game or two. The other player's got to be there and ready. Um, and I think That's it's kind of just going to come down to that probably. Um, the cockroach yeah. is about to die. Oh, he is. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes, not, yeah, yeah sometimes you step on him and then you're like, oh, God, this fucker's still moving. Um, I have to flush him down the toilet, but, you know, he's probably going to be all right. Um, that's cool. Maybe I'll be able to catch the very, very end of that. Um, although it sounds like it's not that dramatic. You could, uh, you could tell me the score. I'm, uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm not yeah. going to watch that one. What's, what's going on I'm with PCB and Hatchinov? Um, Karenia Booster's score is first. 6-4-3-6-1-6-6-4-3-6. Ah, it's over. Just as we just then it just finished just, right. just a second ago. Yeah. They, they say that after the like nuclear apocalypse happens, the cockroaches will inherit the Earth. I think that's... that's you know anything about that? Yeah, that's the vibe, isn't it? <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> They're just fucking everywhere and you can't kill them all. Um, well, all right. On Jabir to win the women's. What do ah, we that's, that is a major pick. Oh, no. Garcia, I want, I, I'd be happy. Could Garcia and Jabir play? No, they, they could play each other in semis. Semis. Because Garcia has golf in the quarter. So the other quarter would be the winner of Goff. I'm sorry, the winner of Jabir. Just, who's Jabir playing? Um, Kudermatova. Oh, that's that could be tough on a hard court. Kudermatova's been mm. like icing people. She's uh, she's dangerous. And, um, and the last person in that um, half is Samsonova versus Tomjanovic. Yeah, that one would be interesting because I've never I've never seen Samsonova play. Um, and she's yeah, just same. been winning a lot. Yeah. I have no idea what she looks like. Like, no. and yeah. So, um, I guess I'm rooting for Tomjanovic, but I don't know anything about yeah, Samsonova. So I will keep an open mind. Looking forward to Collins and Sabalenka though. Mm. Yeah. It's like Collins keeps getting these matchups with like other fireballs. Uh, Collins Cornet yeah. was pretty, was pretty fun. You know, that was I, great. I really, that was yeah. one of my favorite matches of the tournament so far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I mean, I really love Cornet and I, you know, part of it is because 
I mean, it's a similar kind of like unkillability to her. You know, she mm. just she just finds ways to hang in matches. Like she almost stole that second set, and she was really yeah. being clubbed off the off the court half the time and it's like how is she even in this it's really amazing to watch um and collins's backhand was ridiculous she she just throws her whole entire body through that backhand it's insane to watch she's just like i'm just gonna throw my whole body weight everything i can muster into this shot and they were all going in it was wild to watch i i was blown away by how hard she was hitting and how good she was hitting yeah she's hardcore her her boyfriend looks like he operates like a a, like a surf shop you know like he's like a keanu (laughs) reeves impersonator or something or like stunt double um but that the team is like you know she's always which is one of those players who's like begging the team to like get behind her because they're not cheering loud enough and they they all call her d and in fact she calls herself d like she'll talk to herself during a match and be like come on d i love it come on d I'm a fan. I reckon there's going to be a lot of shouting in this Avalanche Collins match. They both love oh. to be heard. Yes, and they kind of they both have like a one ups personship about their sh- their grunting. So yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like it, you it should just be in a boxing ring. This one. <laughs> I feel like they would probably just want to fight each other. These two. <laughs> Yeah, they feel like they could be like future MMA players or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They've got that kind of attitude. Yeah. All right, before we go, uh, what are you looking forward to, Matt? Besides Jabir winning the tournament. Um, I what, Whatever Curios does is fun. Even though I, disli- I dislike the man, I do. That is how it should be. Any self-respecting person would dislike him. But yeah, it, it's fun. It, it'd be funny if he won the tournament or something. Yeah, I I really just I don't want it to be Sviantek and Rafa and Medvedev. Like I want I want I just want there to be some kind of twist somewhere, some unexpected mm. storyline. That's that's what I'm rooting for really mm. more than anything. Um, so Nick could definitely be that. I don't know. I, I think somebody could take Rafa out before the final. Maybe it's wishful thinking. Al, Al, well, Alcaraz in the semi. I, I did pick Alcaraz to win the tournament, and because I'm just like, I just like, I, you know, I thought maybe if I don't pick Tsitsipas, maybe he'll he'll win. But he didn't get out of the first round. It was <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah, Alcaraz gets. Who does he get next? Chilich. Oh, he mm. gets Chilich, and then if he gets through that, I think he might get a Sinner rematch. In or Ivashka. In the quarter. Yeah, or Ivashka. I think Sinner's beatable. Um, Ivashka's been playing well, but I think probably Sinner. Sinner there. So, yeah, I think Alcaraz Rafa semifinal would be pretty sweet. I would I would love to see that. Because I'm, that like, getting getting on team Alcaraz now, and I feel like that would be a, a pretty epic victory for him. Yeah, that'd be good. Take Rafa out. Rublev and Nari could, either of those could play... Yeah, I was kind of talking myself into Nori beating Rafa, but I don't feel that confident about it. Nori's real good. I feel like, you know, what did he? He just made a semi, right? He got to the semis of Wimbledon. Did he? Remember now? No points. Something like that. Yeah, he had a big run. Yeah. 
he's he's pretty legit. Um, he beat he beat Alcaraz recently, which was like a big turn, you know. Oh. Alcaraz hasn't been quite as dominant as he was earlier in the year, but it might be time for him. We shall see. Oh, that's right. Nori lost in four sets to Djokovic. He took that first set, and it was like you're still not going to win. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The classic, like, yeah. There's just no way. This has happened to Rafa a couple times in this tournament. He's dropping yeah. sets to Fanini. Fanini was up a set and a break. You're like, yeah, this is not gonna. This is not 2016 anymore. Like, all right, all right, let's do it. I, th- I think right. that that'll do it. Thanks, guys. Pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, good to chat. All right. Big soon. Yeah, let's do it again. Bye. See ya. The Tennis Tragic thanks you for listening. All correspondence and feedback can be directed to tennistragicpod at gmail.com and our Instagram is at tennistragicpod.